You are listening to The Night I Almost Died, a Charlie T. Savage and Brook B. Productions collaboration. This is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental. It's a hot, sticky summer night. All of the windows in the small house are open. The house is dark, except for the illumination of the living room television. The still of the night, shifting winds, and dark ambience would normally feel like an eerie setting fit for a horror movie. But London, who gets an adrenaline rush from those type of movies, is relaxing on the couch. She has a wine glass in one hand while scrolling aimlessly on her cell phone with the other. Suddenly, out of nowhere, she starts thinking about the night she almost died. Maybe it was the wind. Maybe it was the creaking floorboard she thought she heard. Maybe it was because the night seemed like an exact replica. She isn't exactly sure what triggered those thoughts but the memories came flooding back. I was only 25. It was a Friday night in July. I remember it being so hot outside that I had to open all the windows just to get a little breeze to circulate through the house. I hadn't gone to work that day. I texted my boss to tell him I wasn't coming in. I hated that job. I can't remember what excuse I gave, but I'm sure it was something ridiculously dramatic like, I might have Ebola, just to let him know how much I dreaded being his employee. I had other things to do instead of sitting behind a desk. I was never into the club scene like most people my age. I was more of a scary movie marathon on the weekend kind of girl. I had seen every thriller dating back to the 1970s at least three times, and I loved them all. I could even watch them once more, which is the reason I invited my friend Iana over for a fright fest. She was already on her way with the sweet and sour chicken and shrimp fried rice when I finally picked up my phone to see her text. As I sipped a glass of red wine, I scrolled down my Facebook timeline. Most of the people I knew were posting their pregames for the night or some silly post about how they're happy the weekend was here. As I scrolled further, I saw it. An article that made my blood run cold. Possible serial killer on the loose. Louisiana police linked three murders, one missing. I clicked on the article to get more details on what clues they may have found. Iana and I have been following the story from the beginning. Three different girls have been discovered tied up and dead over the last month, no possible suspects, and no witnesses. The missing girl fit the profile of the others. And what's worse was the fact that all the girls were close to my age. I wondered if the police were really doing their jobs in finding the killer. As I thought to myself, I heard a sound. 
It was coming from the hall closet. I hardly used the storage base, so no clothes or boxes were in there to fall. I got off the couch and cautiously crept toward the sound. My hallway had never seemed so dark. I gripped my wine glass tightly in my right hand as I grasped the doorknob with my left. I slowly began to turn it. Boo! Before I could open the closet, Iana had popped up behind me. I jumped so quickly in fear that I dropped my wine on the hardwood floor, causing red liquid and glass to go flying. What the hell, Iana? You don't know how to knock? I bent over and started picking up the large pieces of the shattered glass. Iana, who mirrored me in height and build, stood there staring as I cleaned up the mess. I would knock if your door was closed. There's a serial killer out there and you just leave your door unlocked? She grinned at me with fake concern. I finally picked up the last big piece and walked over to the trash can in the kitchen. I'm not scared of no serial killer. What I'm scared of is getting glass in my foot because of you. I dropped the broken pieces in the garbage. Iana glanced down at the mess near her feet. Fine, 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 fine. I'll clean it up. Where's your towels? In that closet down there? No, in the bathroom. After Iana finished correcting the mess she caused, we sat on the couch to enjoy the takeout she had brought. I grabbed the remote and turned on my favorite scary movie, Freddy vs. Jason. Both Iana and I had watched the movie a thousand times, but with each and every viewing, it was like a brand new experience. You know, if they would just team up and work together, they would get a lot more shit accomplished. Ha! <laughs> I know, right? Two killers like them would be unstoppable. Just then, we heard a sound. This time, coming from outside in the backyard. I jumped up. All we could hear was the slight blowing of the wind through the window. Then... I ran to my bedroom and grabbed my gun. Living alone, I had to be able to protect myself. When I got back, Iana was holding a butcher knife she had pulled from the knife block in the kitchen. She was standing by the back door and looked ready for whatever was about to go down. I took a deep breath and flipped on the porch light. I peered out the blinds, but didn't see anything. Iana twisted the doorknob. The old door creaked as it was opened. She took a step outside. Nothing, and no one was there. She noticed that the potted plant my grandma forced on me had fallen over. Ugh, it was just that ugly-ass plant. I told you to get rid of it. Another pot fell over, causing us to scream. Then, out popped the cause of our fear. Snowball, the neighbor's cat that was ironically all black, had made her way over to my yard. We walked back inside, feeling a lot better than before. I put the safety on my gun and placed it on the glass coffee table. Yana sat next to me. 
hate that damn cat. Next time, shoot it. (laughs) I'm not going down for murdering a cat. I don't want to be on the news at all. I'm actually kind of scared. Do you think they got something on the serial killer that they aren't telling anyone? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think they have anything, but don't worry. As long as we're together, we're safe. She grabbed my hand to comfort me. But let's not think about dead girls tonight. We still got scary movies to watch. What's next? Scream? I grabbed the remote from the coffee table and started the next movie. As much as I wanted to watch Sid get chased up the stairs by the ghost face killer, I couldn't focus on anything outside of that news report I had seen on Facebook earlier. Something was wrong, and I could feel it. I was getting an eerie feeling thinking about the missing girl and how her family must feel knowing she was gone. As the thoughts floated through my mind, I heard it again. The sound was coming from the same closet. Iana was too into the movie to notice anything. My eyes became fixated on the hallway. Should I open it? I thought to myself. I could feel my heart pounding. If I do open it, I might see something I don't want to see. I tried to relax. I was scaring myself. Nothing was wrong. It was my imagination running away from me. I had to literally make myself focus on the movie instead of the possibilities lurking in the closet. I now wish I would have listened to that inner voice. I put the crazy thoughts to the back of my head and finished watching Scream. Soon, both of us were knocked out on the sofa. The wine had gotten to us. It was a comfortable sleep as my couch was always cozy until I heard the sound again. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me, so I ignored it. Maybe I was dreaming. Then it got louder. I rolled over to see Yana had gotten up from her normal middle-of-the-night pee. She was, indeed, gone. I could even see the light coming from underneath the bathroom door across the room. A wave of relief came over me. It was just her, making all that noise. I closed my eyes again. Then, the floorboards creaked. This time, the sounds were coming from behind me. I slowly opened my eyelids. That's when I noticed my missing gun from the coffee table. I tried to remain calm and pretend I was still asleep. I hoped whatever was going on behind me would just go away. But I wasn't so lucky. I heard the scariest sound a person could ever hear. the sound of my gun being cocked behind my head. I quickly jumped up from my resting spot to see what I had tried to ignore all night. 
she had gotten loose. The missing girl from the news report was standing over me, aiming my own gun at me. Her face was bloody from the beating I had given her earlier. The rope was still dangling from her arm, and another piece was wrapped around her left leg. I could see the streams the tears had made on her face. The black bandana that once gagged her mouth was gone. This was it. She was about to kill me, and for a good reason. Before she could end my life, she walked directly in front of me. She demanded answers. <laughs> Why? What kind of person would do this? Why? I shrugged my shoulders before answering her. It looked fun in the movies. The missing girl pulled the trigger. But nothing. She tried again. Still, nothing. To my relief, the gun jammed. Before the girl could pull the trigger again, Iana walked up from behind her. She was holding the same large knife from earlier. She lifted the blade high in the air before racing it toward the girl's chest. The girl fell to her knees before taking her last breath and hitting the floor. Damn it, London. How many times do I have to tell you not to bring the girls home? Kill them out there and leave them out there. You told me she was gone. How can we keep doing this if you don't finish the job? You're going to get us caught or killed. Out of the four times we've done this, this is only the second time I had brought a girl to my home. But Iana had indeed warned me. All I could say was, I'm sorry. I learned a valuable lesson the night I almost died. A few of them, actually. But the most important one was, put a lock in the hall closet next time. <laughs>